Welcome back to The Greatness Blueprints. I'm Luke Austin, and this week we have a very special guest, Tina Provenzano. Tina is a business owner, a coach, and a former athlete, and we talked about a lot. We started off in her childhood talking about her experiences and how that shaped her into the person she is today. We talked about her journey through vulnerability, how she was able to open up with some people close to her, and how that changed her for the better. Finally, we talked about her journey into her career, going into nursing, realizing that it wasn't her passion, and finding her passion through coaching, and eventually leading her to open up her own business. It's a great episode, a great conversation. I know you'll love it. Episode 22 of The Greatness Blueprint starts now. Tina, welcome to the show. Luke, thank you for having me. How are you feeling? I'm I'm good, man. I'm excited. I'm excited we're doing this. I'm excited as well. Yeah. I love the fit. Thank you, man. You like my muumuu jacket? I do. <laughs> uh, I very I feel very Gen Z in my outfit today. To yeah. be honest, I feel like I'm trying to keep up with the the young culture, the young kids. Happens to all of us. But yeah, got to embrace the aging. You That's know? what I'm saying. Yeah. But I do feel pretty cool in this jacket. I'm gonna be honest. Yeah. Top ten. Looks great. Thank you. Well, I'm excited to have this conversation today. I know we've been trying to do it for a little while. Mm -hmm. And the focus of today is to go a little bit deeper, right? I know you've done some podcasts recently with other folks. And we want to really build a foundation of who you are, what made you into the Tina we know, which we often don't see on social media or other views of you. So totally, totally excited about having that conversation to go a little deeper and get to know each other a little bit better. Dang, it's like the first time I'm actually going deep about my my own self. I know. It is a good point because I feel like people, people really do know me. I mean, people know me, yeah. you know, but like the surface, right, of what they see like as a coach or as a friend or whatever. So this yeah. is actually, this is going to be exciting. I'm excited. I'm going to give you all my demons. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, I think this is a great start and it helps me think about what I want to talk about because I think to really understand somebody, you got to dive into like their childhood, right, and understand their experiences. So um, I think, I'll start with like my parents. Um, so I, they divorced when I was two. Um, so that kind of kicked off everything <laughs> for me. But um, my mom, she was born and raised in the Philippines. So she moved here when she was about 20. And she is the youngest out of seven sisters, Wow, which is insane. So my grandma got very freaky <laughs> and bless her heart. I could only imagine that household because my aunts are like psycho in the best way. They're crazy. It's a lot of girls. Yeah, a lot of girls. <laughs> a lot. Of, poor um, dad. Yeah, seriously, my my <laughs> poor grandpa. Um, but yeah, so and being the youngest, she was, you know, I love her to death, but uh, most probably the most irresponsible one, um, party starter, just big, big, big energy, which makes sense because I probably got my personality from her she's literally crazy um but being that she was kind of always the one that was like watched on right by all the sisters so when my parents had me it was like a big deal for the family because again she was like the most responsible one and and the thing with um filipino culture is that family is involved in everything like they know everything and we're all just like super super close and they're a very very tight-knit group of gals obviously they're sisters but um so when, when I had me, my aunt, who I consider my mom, she also raised me. I would say she was the one that really took care of me. Um, and not that my mom didn't, but she was kind of like that more of a mother, mother figure. Um, so and my dad, born and raised in New York, and he is complete opposite of my mom like night and day mom is crazy party fun girl and my dad is kind of more quieter kept himself um 
And so it's just two completely opposite people and also raised in two completely different cultures too, right? Like my mom's Filipino as fuck and my dad is white as fuck. So (laughs) I think in my childhood, I kind of struggled with understanding like what my identity is culturally, right? Because I have two um, very different backgrounds and then also just the instability of the way that I was raised. Like I would say I wasn't raised in your typical household. Um, I bounce around like a lot. Um, and you know, I would go from my mom's house or mainly being at my aunt's house to my dad's when, you know, he lived three hours away actually. Cause I'm, I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, California, and he moved to orange County, which is again, three hours away. So it just was a lot of moving around to where I felt kind of honestly, like really lonely. Um, and didn't, didn't feel like I had a, like a proper family, which, I don't want to make it sound like I had a super shit childhood because the the awesome thing is that I had so many different support systems, um, you know, and I'm kind of like listening to what I'm saying and it kind of sounds fun, right? Like as a young, as a young child, you get to just kind of go, you know, yeah. to your cousin's house, to your mom's house, you know, you get all these different people you get to hang out with. Um, but at that time, like I struggled with it so much because I didn't feel a sense of belonging or a sense of like I had my own family and I would compare myself a lot to my friends who I swear to God just had like the perfect grass is always greener, but a perfect American like family, like sit at the table every night, you know, go around the table. How was your day? What'd you learn at school? Like, and which we'll talk about, but I played basketball. So I was really close with my teammates and then I became close with their families. So again, just, and I stayed with them as well too. So I just really, really grew up kind of all over the place. And I think that set the things with like my mental health of, of, when I was younger, right? Feeling lonely, instability, not feeling like I had my own family. Mm. Um, so that I struggled with that a lot. And, and I think that is a huge part of why I'm so passionate about people and wanting to bring to, together people or coach or, yeah. you know, because I want that sense of belonging and I want, and I want people to feel that too, you yeah. know, if they feel lonely. Um, and then, yeah, so that's kind of my main childhood right there. So- when did you realize that the chaos was something that wasn't normal to other other folks, right? Because your parents were divorced at two, mm-hmm. right? For a while, that was just what you knew. You knew that you were kind of bouncing around. When did it hit to say, you know what, this is something that's causing me stress yeah. as a child? Yeah. And then what were those outlets that you allowed yourself to kind of feel like yourself that yeah, you found? Yeah, totally. Um, I think when, probably when I developed an opinion. <laughs> Right. Um, I think probably around like middle school is when I started to feel like just depressed. And as a child, you don't even know what depression is. Right. right? Or you don't even know you can't even cope with your feelings of, you know, I was angry. Mm -hmm. Um, I lashed out at my parents all the time. Like even to this day, you know, our relationships are so much better now that I'm older because I can look back and understand, you know, they did the best that they could with the situation they had. And I, and I love them to bits and pieces and, and I can see the support. It might look different, but it was there, you know? And, um, but I didn't know how to cope with my emotions. So my outlet was basketball. Um, and I've, I've been playing, I played basketball like all my life, been an athlete since I was younger. Like I can't, I'm sure the minute someone gave me a ball, I probably threw it in a hoop. And, um, I love talking about this because basketball is what saved me and being an athlete is what saved, saved me truly. Um, because it was, it was something where I could have that sense of belonging, right? Like when you're, you're an athlete, so you know, like when you're 
competing for something one individually right it pushes you it was it was my outlet to be competitive um taught me so much grit you know i can be aggressive because you know i've I've always had a big personality um and then on the like sentimental side like i was able to bond with people that really cared about me and i cared about them and even when you're that young you know you don't realize it like this but you're you're battling with people to achieve something and that just got me going like every single day like I literally was so addicted to basketball I didn't care about school I didn't care about anything else but this sport because it was it was my safe space and it just again like taught me so much you know like I'm such a huge advocate for sports at such a young age or even as an adult because it just it brings people together even if you're just watching it you know what I mean like like I'm sure you go to the bar with some friends you watch sports and it's like the the most fun thing in the world absolutely yeah and um but I learned I learned so much and it was just such a safe such a such a safe space for me and and then I experienced just learning from coaches and then learning from your teammates and just being dialed into something that that you love so much you know so it, it helped me cope you know in the physical way it gave you stability in a world outside of basketball that was chaos right everything else was wild yeah but basketball was there it was stable you knew exactly what to expect every Mm -hmm. time yes yeah like I just go into practice and everything that I was struggling with I would forget and and to be honest you know I look at I look at that now in the situation that I am in and because I I want to face even now you know like I'm still healing I want to face my demons and when I was younger I basketball as much as it saved me was also it could have been a distraction too, right. right to not to not talk about or to not think about what I was going through because um when I was feeling like so lonely like I didn't again I didn't know how to cope and I also didn't know how to talk about it mm-hmm. like I never talked to my family about it. I never like told my mom you know it was just more lashing out right it was just crying like crying for help you know yeah. in a in a very opinionated young girl way yeah. but um I didn't start talking to people until I was like 18 like my best friend I remember Mm -hmm. Jesse if she's watching this she's gonna probably cry but um on my birthday I think what I'd turn I think I actually turned 18 yeah I turned 18 and we were just you know being goon just laid out and I think we went to like a hookah lounge because I turned 18 and that's what I could do and I remember sitting in the car with her and I just like freaking broke down and I told her everything my struggles like since I was younger like feeling lonely not having stability feeling like my family didn't really like care about me just you know I don't know and and it was like this breath of fresh air because it was like the first person that I truly opened up to and then from there just a game changer you know where I was like it took me time to maybe trust trust somebody to talk about my feelings right right and instead of you know just just going day to day, being distracted, whatever. Like it was the first time I opened up and, and then that just, again, changed everything for me. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. That that all hits home because obviously I am a single parent as well. I have a five-year-old daughter, Yeah, me and her mom co-parent, we split 50, 50 and she's getting to that point where she's starting to develop her own opinion, similar to what you faced. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, I worry that at some point she'll look back and be in the same place you were where you're frustrated and you, feel like you're alone. You're having to bounce between houses. Yeah. As you look back on your experience as a child, before you got to the point where you felt like you were able to open up, Mm -hmm. what would you say to maybe parents that are out there going through the same thing to say, you know what? I wish I would have had this from my parents at that time to help me feel safe in that place. Yeah. And I, that's huge. I mean, 
this is what I love about you because you're you're one of I got, we're getting to know each other more, but like from what I see, you're one of the best dads I appreciate out there. That. Yeah, and I think that you know if I were to have a conversation like with my parents or something, and what would have helped is just is just honestly like talking, yeah. because like my I ne- you know growing up, my dad and I have a better relationship now that I'm older, but when I was younger, like I I never felt like I could talk to him about things or tell him how angry I was at him for not being in the same household that my mom was in. You know, like it's such a foreign, when you're that young, you don't, it's literally your brain is not capable of understanding or putting yourself in your parents' shoes and understanding why they divorced. It was always just like, like literally like, I remember, you know, my mom forcing me to go to therapy and I couldn't do it because I was just so angry. Like I didn't want to talk to anyone. It was just more of like, but if, you know, my parents would really sit me down and be like, hey, are you like, I understand this is different for you. How are you? You know, but again, like I look back, like my, you know, my mom is from the Philippines. Like America is very different than, you right. know, where she's from. And, and I know that she went through things in her childhood that caused her to be the, you know, the person that she is today too. And, and maybe she didn't know how to even cope herself or, talk about things or she maybe she felt uncomfortable because she was dealing with her own struggles right Right. like I can look at that I can look back at that now and understand but I think it would have just helped so much of just like sitting me down and because I'm an emotional I'm emotional girl and I was emotional when I was younger and I think it would have been really nice to just be like hey like I see you tell me what you're feeling talk to me kind of thing because I had no one no one to talk to you know and it was the perception that you built up in your head that they're not coming to me, so I can't go to them. Exactly. Yeah. And totally. Like, I think, I mean, you know, it's not, I would say it's not my job as a five-year-old to know that, right? right. But I I wish that someone in the support system would have been like, hey, it's okay to talk about what you're going through. Like, because also being an athlete such a young, a young age too, and <laughs> I feel like it's different in this day and age now, but when I was younger and my coaches, like, they kind of just teach you, you just go through it. Yeah. I roll, my ankles are fucked up. <laughs> and because when I would hurt him, I wanted, I didn't want to miss out on the game. Right. So you, you keep playing, you tape it up and you go. Right. So I think I also learned from that too, like mentally, just like, oh, you're sad. Figure it out and fucking keep going. Right. Rub some yeah. dirt on it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think it's like both the, the physical and the mental, they kind of transfer together. And that, and I was so used to that mentality of just like sad, figure it out. Your, your ankle's hurting, ice it, get your ass back in the game because we have to fucking win. Right. You know, and and even then that sounds horrible, but I'm also grateful for that mentality too because that's what also pushed me to, to, to do the things I'm doing today, yeah. you know? I mean, there's all of the decisions I make now, like I, again, attribute that to the mindset that I had, but they also don't teach you how to deal with your emotions too. Right. right. Compared to, I think, kids now these days, people are talking more about mental health and that's so awesome because I know people, kids are still going through it and then you add TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> right? it makes it weird. <laughs> exactly. But to go back to your question, I think if I would have just had somebody as a parent or as a guardian or as a, 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 a parental figure, just say like, Hey, sit down, like get me to sit down and how are you feeling genuinely and not make me feel uncomfortable about it. Like, you know, your situation, like just being upfront, like the yeah, situation's different. Because that's what I was comparing it to, right? Like my friends who had mom, dad, siblings. Because I'm also an only child too. Right. So I really, really felt lonely in that too. Like I couldn't talk to, you know, I had cousins who I was close with, but they were also raised in households that were together. So it's like, yeah, hey, your situation's different. Your parents are are different 
they're different people that are in different lives. Like you don't see your dad as much. Like, how are you feeling in that? Right. You know? And again, like I didn't really feel like anybody really did that or I didn't do that for myself until I turned 18. Yeah. So I went that whole time just so secluded. Feeling alone. Oh yeah. Yeah. As you reflect on that time, and I know we want to get to the point of where you were able to open up and trust someone to share your emotions. But prior to that, if you look at the qualities that you developed through mm-hmm. some of those struggles, what would you say those were and the ones that you're proud of? Yeah. I think honestly, one that I will not be humble about myself is is that I I don't make excuses and I'm super fucking stubborn, like in the worst way, but also in the best way because I don't take no for an answer. Right. And I think the struggles that I went through, again, has super shaped me into the person I am today. And I think it's just the grit and the mentality of like being in that situation and feeling all those things. And, and, you know, there were, there were super, super dark times. Like obviously I'm not going to go into like the, the dark depths of it, but like it was really, really, really rough for me. And I think just going through that, it just makes you stronger. You know, like I don't, I've, I've read some things where it's like, that doesn't define who I am. Like that childhood trauma doesn't, it, it helped me shape, it shaped me to who I am today, but it, it, that's not the definition of who I am. That's what I experienced. Right. Yeah. So I think, again, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for it. And it just, I think it made me mentally stronger and makes it easier to do hard things now. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Cause you've already done hard things. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you get to the point where you're 18, Mm -hmm. you finally open up. Yeah. How does this change you? Well, one, I felt like now one is lifted off, right? All yeah. those, like, let's just say like 15, whatever years of, of, of childhood trauma to me off my shoulder and into the hands of someone that I can trust that really knows me. Right. And it just, and then any time that something was triggering for me, I felt like I can go to, go to Jesse and be like, Hey, can we like talk about it? And she was, and she was just Jesse's like the type of she's the nicest person you'll ever freaking meet. She better be watching this. <laughs> but um yeah, she's the nicest person you can ever meet and it just it's just so it's so it makes you feel so good when you have like a like a support system. Right. You know, because when you're so lonely, it's like it's like the worst feeling in the world. And I and I know, you know, we don't have to talk about covid and stuff, but everyone experienced that, right? Just being so isolated. Yeah. It is so unhealthy yeah. and it's so scary. So just even if it's one person you know, and then it, it made me, okay, I trust this person. And then I have multiple friends that I can talk to about too, who are, who are just like her. You know, I'm not going to list off all the best friends. They're probably going to get mad that I'm not like mentioning them, but like, you know, you, you let yourself open up one time. You're open to, you're, you're, you're opening yourself up more for the opportunity to open up to more people. Right. So I think it just changed the way that I view connections too. Right. Right. I think that's a, that's a great point. And I have always struggled in my life to connect in a deep level, right? And the reason being is I often ask a lot of questions of someone yeah, and want to get to know them and want them to talk, but I don't necessarily lead with anything that allows me to open up. And I, I've found that as I've been able to cope with that, really true connection means you have to be a little bit vulnerable, yeah. right? You have to share some of the depths of yourself to then allow others to feel like it's a safe place where they can do the same. Otherwise- yeah relationships stay surface level surface level and there's nothing mm-hmm. fun about surface level nothing like you know that's why I'm, i love that you opened up with this question because even you know i'm even saying things i didn't think i was going to even say on a podcast that's going to be public but you know i think it's beautiful to allow yourself to be vulnerable because 
people are going through so much shit and allowing yourself to speak your truth is going to help. Right. Which is why I'm in this field too, which I'm sure we'll talk about, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's amazing too. Cause it's not like you share your emotions once and you never have them again. Yeah. Right? Throughout your whole life, you're going to experience ups and downs and highs yeah. and lows and being able to say, you know what, I'm somebody who can share that with someone mm-hmm. and feel okay doing so knowing that they're not going to judge me. Yeah. That's a pretty powerful thing to have. Yeah. And then I think if you also run into the, the position where you do get judged, right? It's like, how do you handle that too? Yeah. And that's another scary thing too. And, and I'm sure everyone has experienced, like I know like dating, you right. know, or friendships, drama, whatever, or like career stuff, like things don't work out. It's like, how do you, how do you deal with that? And again, like I, I can look back on my childhood and I always tell myself when, when something bad happens, right? I'm always, I used to, you have two options. You either, this is going to sound horrible, but you either be a little bitch and, and don't, and just sit back and just complain and cry or whatever, or you feel it and then you do something about it. Right. right? Like I, and I always tell people like I'm, I'm a super action oriented person. And I think I learned that through the struggles because that's the only thing that helped me when I finally took action into talking about my problems, everything changed. Right. Right. And I love to talk. (laughs) <laughs> so once that Perfect. happened then it was like okay okay jesse yeah hey i'll see i'm gonna call you tomorrow night we're gonna talk about the same thing yeah but actually the fun thing with her with her is i got super close with her family and she's her and her family allowed me to stay with them too so she was like one of um typical america i mean grass always greener she's got her own stuff with her family but um just learning and <laughs> living she's got Five siblings. Wow. Yeah. So it was like just fun, a fun situation. And, and it was cool because then, and then I felt like I was in their family too. And right. I learned different things because they're a whole different compared to my family. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. Did it make you see, you know what, I, I wish I would have had that unit or is like, you know what, just having friends that I could <laughs> be a part of that. You know, I also learned too, like sometimes having siblings doesn't seem like the best thing in the world. Like, yeah. like I'm sure if I was younger, like <laughs> they, cause her and her sisters fall all the time all the time and and it was very entertaining and they're awesome but um yeah definitely it's kind of nicer to sometimes be an only child and then get to just talk to your friends yeah (laughs) so i think all of this sums up into this is your character right you grew up and it became who you are Mm -hmm. and there's a quote that i have here from helen keller it says character cannot be developed in ease and quiet only through experience of trial and suffering can the soul be strengthened ambition inspired and success achieved which means you can't you can't get to be a super successful person without going through some struggle. Yeah. Right? Life is not easy. Nope. And if you shy away from facing up to those challenges, you're going to continue to struggle. Yeah. So it's a testament to you that you faced up to it. You recognized that there were things that you were pushing off to the side mm-hmm. and now are able to pave your way forward. Totally. Yeah. And moving forward like past childhood, you know, now I'm entering into young adulthood yeah. and everything and um when I, I feel like there's, when I look back, there's so many pivotal points for me where I feel like, you know, I had to make a decision. You either stay here or you grow, right? Or you do something hard, you just continue. And when I, like I said, so I played basketball, right? All the way up. I played up to the collegiate level um, and just being so addicted to it. And when I was done with that sport, then I went into, again, another hard, really, really hard thing for me because when you are so dedicated to a sport, I know you can agree with this. Like, so the school that I went to, they have this term called NARP. Okay. And it stands for non-athletic regular person. 
And when I became a NARP, I went through depression so bad because I felt like I lost my identity. Yeah. Right. Like you're you you're so um so what I'm thinking of. I can't think of it, but you're you train and you compete for so long. That's all you know. Right. And then it's like when you don't have that, it's like, hey, what the fuck do I do now? Right. Not only do I I'm not practicing every day or trying to compete for the championship, I also physically don't have somebody telling me what to do. Right. Right. Um, and I just I just felt super, super lost. And I went through a time where I was just like, okay, well, I also had to make a decision. Well, okay, you're not going to the WNBA. What are you gonna do now? Mm-hmm. And then I started thinking about my career. And I kind of got pushed into nursing. And yeah, so I'm a, I'm a nurse. I didn't talk about that, but um, I got pushed into nursing because, you know, I also wasn't raised super financially stable either. Like, so I, I knew I wanted to go into like a respectable profession that was going to make me great money and support the lifestyle that I would like to live. Right. And I'm also Filipino, so that's like a stereotype too, right? So it just kind of it just kind of happened. And then I um, moved out here, and this was what I moved out here 2015, 2016. Like crazy. It's like freaking twenty twenty four. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I moved out here to go to the uh, nursing program at Boise State. And, you know, I knew that I wanted to be in a profession that I could help people and be around people because I learned right from my childhood in basketball that I love being on a team or just helping people. Right. Um, and so I was just like, all right, whatever. It's going to make me great money. Let's do it. And it was cool in the beginning. And then my last year in the program, again, I like went through another like depression and yeah. because I knew that this wasn't the career path for me. And, and every day I just went to school and I was just like, Oh, you kind of, because they also teach you in college. Like you just, you just go get your degree and then you go work for the degree that you get. Right. right? So, but every day I was just like struggling because I just was like, dude, and I'm not that I'm stubborn. Right. I don't like to do things that I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. So I just really was like such a little pain. Like sometimes I didn't even, some. Hopefully none of my old professors watch this, but like I didn't even go to classes sometimes. That's how much I did not want to be a nurse. I remember doing like, you know, you have preceptorships or you, you clinicals. And <laughs> there were times where like I literally went to the hospital and then I left. I really hope that that this doesn't get me in trouble. It probably won't, right? <laughs> well, you passed somehow. <laughs> I did pass, right? <laughs> you, have, you, can't, you can't get bad grades as a nurse either. You got to get pretty high grades. No, pretty I'm telling you, I didn't, I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. This was, was this my last year? I can't even remember. Anyways, one of these semesters, we were doing um, mother and baby labor and delivery. And I already knew also, because you go through all the rotations. Like, I was more into, like, trauma, because, right, like, a crazy energy. I want I want to see, like, broken bones and gunshots and shit. And so I was like, I really am not going to be a labor and delivery nurse. I do not care to watch childhood birth. Childhood birth? Childbirth. You said it in a weird way. I did say it in a weird because I didn't sound right. Um, and... <laughs> we, what was I on? I was on the NICU and the nurses there, I mean, bless their hearts, seriously, like, God, they're so amazing. I was in the room and I was just like, man, I really don't want to freaking be here. Like, this is, I know I don't want to be in this department. I just don't even care, honestly, to like, to learn about it because I was so, I was so checked out. And I literally, I told my teacher that my roof collapsed and I have to go home. Your roof collapsed. Isn't that crazy? I literally oh, And she what? believed you. Oh, just a random normal yeah. roof collapse. No, he was Tuesday. he was pretty cool. He was actually a pretty cool guy. Yeah. He yeah, and then I went home and then I told him that I'd be back before our meeting. Cause like you you know, you do your preceptor uh, your clinical and then you meet after and you talk about like what yeah. you learned in that day. Yeah, so I literally went home, skipped the whole clinical, and then I just showed up right when I had to. <laughs> 
I look back now, I'm like, Jesus, that's You horrible. worked the system, didn't you? Yeah, I did, just yeah. a little bit. But, you know, other than that, so, I, again, I went through that depression of just not wanting yeah. to be a nurse. But I'm not a quitter either, right? So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to get my fucking degree and just do it and figure it out. And then in my, now I'm fast forward to my last year, I, I got into the group fitness industry. Mm-hmm. And um, I started going to this kickboxing gym. And it just it just changed things again, again for me to like, right. like I felt like an athlete again. Um, like, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a, in a, uh, in a class full of different people. And then I'm like physically working out. Like, so I feel like the grit, like I'm just like kicking shit. Right. And, um, a month in and they asked me, they're just like, Hey, like, have you ever thought about coaching? And I was like, no, like I like to be around coaches cause that's like basketball. Right. But I never really thought about actually being the person that's leading somebody through a workout or whatever. And they're like, yeah, you, you would be so good at it. You have great energy, blah, blah, blah. Like I think you should give it a shot. And I also already had boxing and kickboxing background cause I actually did train after I was done with basketball. I did some training in California. So I really like like the sport or whatever. And I was just like, all right, fuck it. So I started um, coaching and I fell in love with it. Like it just made me feel so at home because I have this big, crazy personality. And I was like in a room where I can help people. I had like a mic on, we're listening to super fun music and we're just working out, just kicking ass. And people loved me for me, Mm -hmm. like my energy. And um, yeah, so it was awesome. So I got super addicted. And then, you know, so now I started to struggle with like, okay, here's this thing that I fucking love to do. I'm so passionate about it. Like I think, you know, I'm, I'm, I started like going on YouTube and, and typing, how do I become a better coach? Like watching motivational videos or, or researching like just different ways to lead people through exercises and and anatomy and all these different things. And, and, and of course I had like the nursing background too. So it kind of just went hand in hand with like body. Um, and then, you know, so I had that such positive reinforcement and so much fun. And then I would go to nursing school and be like, I fucking hate this. I don't care. I don't want to do this kind of thing. And so, you know, I went through that battle of like, okay, here's something that makes me really, really happy, but I already am in school for this and I have to finish it out and, and yeah. do it and make my family proud, right? So I graduated and I was still nursing, I'm sorry, uh, still coaching. And then they, they then asked me to... um be like to manage and things and then I was like oh my god so in my last semester I was like managing coaching and nursing school and right. I look back now I'm like I don't know how the fuck I did it because in your last semester you have to complete 200 hours and and I did night shift in the ED wow. so I was like doing your 7 p.m to 7 a.m right trying to go to school and then and then like you know I, I didn't care I would, I would make it work because I loved coaching and then and then I also learned that I love fitness and business and people so yeah. So I would, you know, do my night shift and then the next day go and be a freaking coach or manager or whatever. So it was just a crazy, crazy, crazy last semester for me. And when I I graduated, like, I I mean, throughout that whole experience, I already knew what I was going to do. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to get my degree because I don't quit, but I'm not going to be a nurse or I'll fake it till I make it. Like I'll tell people that I'm a nurse, but I'm really not, you know? Um, And I didn't even take my NCLEX. Like I went a whole year. So I graduated, 2015, 2016, I graduated. I can't, no, 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 I moved out here, 2018. Jesus, I can't remember when I, what year I graduated. So I graduated and I took a whole year off of nursing. I didn't even take my NCLEX or study for it. Like I literally dismissed it. And then that was a struggle too because, you know, you have, I want to make my, my family proud because I went through that like instability and just like, you know, lacking whatever. And so I had to tell myself like, you're either going to live for you or you're going to live for other people. Sure. Cause then I also worried about like, 
you know, I care, I care about what people think about me and appearances and who doesn't. Right. So I was just like, well, what are people going to think knowing that I like didn't continue nursing and to go be a coach, right? Like you hear that and it sounds stupid. Like how much are you making coaching compared to how much you're making as a nurse or, or it's a real career compared to what, you know? But then I was just like, you know, it's my life. So, so I went it, I went and then, and then that caused, you know, a lot of family issues with me where I kind of cut my family off. I completely just was like, if you don't support what I'm doing, fuck off kind of thing. Right. So then again, I went back into that mindset of like, now no one supports me. I'm lonely, but I'm so, so passionate about like what I want to do. It's my life. I'm going to make it happen. Yeah. And then of course it was easier because I live in a different state. Right. So, you know, and then I had such awesome friends and a good support system. So it kind of felt like I was reliving my childhood again. Yeah. Right. So I kind of learned some things from there and then, um, and then things didn't work out. I ended up going back into nursing. <laughs> So, cause I got to make money, right? right. <laughs> so I ended up, um, which was really fucking hard because now I didn't practice at all. I don't remember what I learned in school. I mean, you learn, you remember things, but not as fresh as it was when I first graduated. Right. So I had to study for three months. I just studied my ass off. And this test is, ugh. I, if I think about it too much, it gives me like nightmares. Like <laughs> that test is insane. Like the, the way that they, they word the questions is like every answer is right. But you have to pick the one that's the most right. So it's like, what the Love fuck? Those. Yeah. So I studied, you know, and then I ended up passing the first time, which is nice. crazy. Like, um, amazing. Um, yeah. Um, and then I started working as an OR nurse. Um, and that was a whole nother <laughs> experience, too, because I actually, even though I didn't want to be a nurse, I actually enjoyed working in the OR because it was, it's very team oriented. Mm-hmm. So, you know, of course, you have like the surgeon and then you're kind of like the nurse that circulates on the outside, making taking care of the patient, setting them up for surgery. Right. And um but again, I still was like this. I know this is not what I'm supposed to do. Right. This is just, again, just patching something up until I figure out what I'm going to do next. Right. Because you got to pay your bills and whatever. Yeah. And then and then I got back into coaching like it. And then that was like another sign for me. I was like, OK, you're in this situation again where your passion is back. Right. You got you have an opportunity where you can do the things that you love. Right. So so then again, I was like, I've. I quit nursing and I fully sent it. And I was like, I made the decision that I am not just going to work, you know, be one of those people that just does nine to five work for benefits, whatever, work for a great paycheck. Like I had to kind of switch the way that you think about wealth or like having yeah. a stable life. You I think know? a good way to think about it. If you look back at what you just outlined, you came out of sports and there was always this goal at the end of it to, I want to go to the NBA or WNBA. Yeah. Right. I want to make money. I want to be this professional basketball player. And that was kind of an end goal for you. Mm-hmm. But it was really focused on yourself, right? Yeah. Like, how can I get, make money through this thing that I love? Mm-hmm. Then it was, all right, now I'm going to move on to my next thing. Struggling with jumping from an identity of this end goal to realizing that's not going to come true to another end goal of now I'm going to try to make money through nursing. Right. It's not necessarily the the path itself of mm-hmm. along the way, I enjoy the things that nursing brings. It's nursing provides me with money. Right. Right. That and was then, all it was. Yeah. Then you transition into coaching and coaching is I am giving, right. Yeah. I'm giving this, this experience to the people that come to my class. Yeah. I am helping them in their lives have healthier lives and yeah. be more mentally stable and all these things that come along with being a coach. Yeah. I'm pushing them to new limits. Yeah. And through that, you're able to say, you know what, this thing that I love, this, this athletic background that made me who I am, I'm now giving people that same outlet yep. and experiencing more of a purpose along the way versus trying to reach an end goal. 
Exactly. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great way to put it. And it, you know, because I knew I, again I wanted to help people and like nur- yeah, nursing you help people. I mean, not I don't want to make nursing also sound like it's a horrible profession. Like some of my best friends are nurses, and it it just it again just wasn't for me, and it wasn't it didn't help me in the way that I wanted to impact people. Cause as I got older, I was also knew I was like, I know that I'm, I'm a giver. Like I've always been told I have this like energy and I want, and I always wanted to somehow give that to other people. So I was like, okay, when people are dying or at their worst, like what better way to, to, to help someone than that. Right. But nursing's hard. Like, and I mean, there's many different departments, but like the main thing was, um, that I experienced where I knew I didn't want to do was like being on the floors where, you know, they kind of had like, you get five to six patients and then you kind of just like popping around. They, and also the patients didn't want to hear, hear what I had to say. Like I was like this young nurse. I mean, and I was just like, okay, I can help you actually get off your blood pressure medication, your cholesterol medication, like all these medications, if you do this, whatever, but they don't want to hear it. They're just right. like, where's the fucking doctor. And then, you know, you take so much of that with my mindset. And I was like, this this isn't fueling my cup. Like no one's listening to me. This, this isn't, this isn't a way that I want to impact people or help people, you know? And then you go into the fitness industry where people are, are willing and, and coming to you because they want to change their life. Right. So that definitely helps. And then, and then, then you become this like outlet for people. Mm -hmm. And, but I think like the biggest thing too is, is, and I think it's important to talk about is making the decision when you're not happy being confident in yourself and figure, figuring it out and doing something that does make you happy. Absolutely. And yeah, go ahead. Talk me through that a little bit. Cause you mentioned you had to say, you know what family, yeah. this is a decision that I have to make for myself. Mm. Talk me through that thought process and yeah. how that, I mean, obviously making that change, you had to burn some bridges to get where yeah. you wanted to go. Yeah. Um, I think when you just have so many days of being depressed and so down and you, you know, you hit a point where it's just like, okay, you have to do something about it. And it took me, it took me a while, but when I made that decision, the, the feeling was like, there's nothing, there's nothing like it. Like you, when you're doing something for yourself and I knew that, you know, cause you wake up in your bed, brush your teeth, right? You're not, no one else is doing that for you. So it's like, I kept telling myself, like, why am I trying to make other people happy? Because I, because I'm a people person, I, I care so much about what other people think, and, but it's not fueling my cup, right? It's not helping me. Yeah. And at the end of the day, the only person that I'm not the only person that matters, but like, if you want to do what you're good at, you have to, you have to take care of yourself, yeah. right? Or even to show, even at a job that you don't like, you still have to take care of yourself, right? And so it just, I think it's just with so many days of like being so unhappy, and not laugh like literally like I just would go without laughing like not not even wanting to talk to people because I was so yeah I was so down and then you know I mean of course it was like hard burning those bridges and cutting it off but when I did that you know family's family I think that's what I've learned in this too and in my situation now is that no matter what family's family they're always going to support you they're always going to love you some way or another right so you know but when I made that decision I genuinely was like I'm fucking done with my family because I get like Filipino background, everyone's involved in everything. There's so much drama or like, yeah. you know, and then, and then my relationship with my dad, I just was like, you know, at this point, fuck it. And then, and then, you know, you develop other relationships out here and stuff, but it was hard, I think. But again, I look back and I wouldn't change anything because it also made, made my relationships with my family stronger now. Right. You know, and as you reflect on it, 
the the biggest thing that I think prevents a lot of people from taking action is that they worry about what people think yeah. without even actually knowing what they're thinking. Right. As you reflect on it, obviously your family dynamic sounds a little bit different than some, mm. but were you overthinking the reaction that maybe your family would have without actually having the conversation? Definitely. Yeah. yeah, because I look at how, like, my mom was just out here for my culture's grand opening and, yeah. like, seeing, like, she's so proud of me and her, and hearing that, like, you know, and she was able to see it finally, but I think, I think when you're so wrapped up, too, in what you want to do and then, and then you add the stubbornness of myself, yeah. like, I just assumed that they, I mean, they did, right? They were just kind of like, because you hear it, it's yeah. just like, you're quitting to be a nurse to go be a freaking like fitness coach. Like, what are you doing? Right. Right? So I understand, I understand that, but I think I definitely probably like made stories up in my head because it was the insecurity that comes out of it because you care so much about what people think. Yeah. Right. But yeah, but I think it's, it's super important. I think people like our, our age around Mm -hmm. that, like we're so conditioned to just go to school, get your degree, work your nine to five, work for benefits. Yeah. Right. Without actually, making time for the things that you want to do, you know? I think it's pitched the wrong way, right? It's it's pick what you want to do in your life as an 18-year-old when you don't even, you haven't even lived your life. Yeah. Right? You're coming out of school. Maybe you haven't even worked at all. You have little experience in actually what you're passionate about. Yeah. And so you're forced to pick a degree and then that could carry with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that is a difficult transition for people to say, you know what, maybe what I knew at 18 yeah. Is not what I want to do now that I'm 25. Yeah. And having yeah. to backtrack on some of that work. So, yeah. Yeah. It can be difficult for folks, especially for me. I mean, I came out of high school and I thought, you know what? I want to do the same thing, similar to what you did, where I want to be a doctor. So I picked yeah. pre med and I got into school and I hated it. I wanted no mm-hmm. part of it. I yeah. didn't go to my biology class at all, somehow passed. <laughs> and <laughs> I was facing the same thing, right? I'm 20 years old now, I'm two years into to college. My main focus is on football. Yeah. I love football. Yeah. But I have to pick what I want to do after football. Right. And I never really thought about it too much. So I, I then picked business, did a fairly basic business degree, business management, which is more theory than anything. But I think it highlights the fact that I think a lot of kids are struggling with that fact of pick what you're doing now yeah. and deal with the consequences after you graduate. Right. Yeah. And then it's like, and then they don't teach you how to deal with that either. Like, right. um, but I think it's super important and I think it's better now, right? It's like better. the younger generation, like I think there's more resources and people are talking more and, and then obviously like the advancement in technology too, you know, but there's a lot of support and resources out there. But I think I would have loved if I could have just like, obviously hindsight, but gone, gone back in time and had somebody really sit down with me and be like, Hey, what do you enjoy? Right. Because I never had that either. Like, I just was like, I had to figure it out myself, mm-hmm. right? And then it's not a bad thing either, right? You you go through it and you just, you learn. But yeah. I think it's an, it's important for the young generation to, to know that, like, it's your life. Just do what you want to do. Right. Because I think, you know, looking back now, and I told you earlier, like, I had to switch my mindset, you know, like, because I went from a position where, I mean, I was making great fucking money mm-hmm. and and I could do really whatever, whatever I wanted. And I was lucky to do that. But was I happy? No. Right. But now I put myself in a position where am I making anywhere near what I was making? Fuck no. <laughs> I'm building right now. Right? right. But I'm wealthy in the sense that I wake up and I get to live out my passion 
and I get to be around people and I, and I get to actually make a difference and I get to uh, make a change. And that's what fuels my cup. So really like, I feel like I'm rich, right? right? The the bank account isn't, but my life is right. right? Does that make sense? I mean, your path has been unique, right? You came out Mm -hmm. of high school, Mm -hmm. right? Coming out and saying, you know what? I want to play, I want to play college basketball. Mm -hmm. You went to college, you played basketball, you kept chasing athletics mm-hmm. with the goal hey I want to be in the NBA WNBA right <laughs> <laughs> jam on LeBron James <laughs> there we go <laughs> WNBA and then uh you you, you graduate and mm-hmm. you say you know what now I have to find my next thing and mm-hmm. for that you said you know what I'm going to try nursing school and so you go to nursing school you start picking up back into athletics as a coach mm-hmm. right doing a kickboxing gym you then say, you know what, I, I'm not making enough money as a kickboxing gym manager. I'm going to yeah. go back and, and try nursing full time. Mm-hmm. You eventually realize that's not for you. Yeah. And you come out and you say, you know what, I'm going to do my own thing as a coach. Yeah. And take that next step. And it wasn't just managing a boxing gym. It was saying, you know what, I'm going to take a leap of faith on myself. Yeah. I'm going to build my own fitness and wellness community. Yeah. Talk us through that. So, so opening up culture, different type of fitness concepts. Um, we're not really like a gym, but I think when I go back, understanding that when I left nursing, that was like the first step for me in, in proving to myself that like, Hey, this is right. This is my life. This is what I, with what I want to do what I, with what I'm passionate about. And I've been involved since then in the, in the industry for seven to eight years now. And I mean, it's changed my fucking life. Like all of my closest friends out here and and even even through like social media like I've I've created relationships and and it's just continuing to fuel my why for like what I what I want to do in life and when you experience that so much and and through training people right being on a microphone being on a stage um and then and then also with the experience of like running different running that kickboxing gym or you know being involved that that in that capacity it, then I'm leading teams, right? Then I, there's just so many different things that I learned in that time frame that I knew that I just had no other option but to be involved in and continue to do this. And taking the leap to open up my own thing, I mean, that was, that was fucking insane. And it was, it's so, it's still scary. I mean, what, culture's only been open for a, like a couple of days over a month, you know? And, yeah that this is like a whole nother path for me on what I'm learning about myself, but I know what I'm doing is, is what I want to do. Yeah. Right. And getting to impact people, getting to lead. Cause you know, I have a team of, there's 11 of us, 11 coaches and I want to think about them. I just love them so much. I feel like we should talk about them, but um, it's a whole new venture for me. But again, it's still there of just being like, Hey, this is how I want to impact people. This is what fuels my cup. I don't care if I'm not making hella money, but I'm living the life that I want to live and I wake up every single day doing what I love. I think it's a testament to you as well because you have obviously built relationships over the last seven, eight years, as you said, through the mm-hmm. fitness industry. And those people saw something in you to say, you know what, I'm going to come with Tina yeah. and I'm going to be a part of this because I know that it's going to be something special. Yeah. And there's a quote here I put, alone we can do so little. Together, we can do so much, which I think is, is kind of how that community is being built, right? Yeah. All these people are coming over and being a part mm-hmm. of something that you're building. Yeah. And I want you to, for a second, talk to us about the concept around yeah. culture, because to me, it seems very unique where you have a variety of different classes from mm-hmm. boxing to Pilates, yoga yeah. and uh, general fitness. And it seems 
so unique where it's all about getting people together, having yeah. conversations, building a group of people that do things together. Walk us through that. Yeah. So, I mean, for starters, culture itself, it's, I don't even want the brand to be seen as like, oh, you know, we're not another gym. We're not another workout. The concept is truly focused around social interactions and social inter and, uh, relationships, you know, because I think everyone knows, especially after COVID, being around people and having a community is what is so important. Like I see that just as vital as food, food and water, you know, like people, people need people. You need to talk to people. You need to just be around people people rock <laughs> um so i kind of just and what what i'm passionate about and what i learned about myself is that throughout my experience and then just being around people right people always tell me like oh you have the best energy like i know that i'm confident i walk into a room that like i'm gonna make a difference somehow whether it's the way that i talk to you or the way that I make you feel whatever like and that's why i called it culture because in the workplace right like i learned from nursing and all my my experience like culture is so fucking important um, so the, what culture is passionate is about creating the best culture anywhere and everywhere. So our concept is we're not even really a brick and mortar. Um, I just want to impact as, as many people as I can, and I'll do that wherever I can. So the point of it is like whatever space that we are at is that that's it. We're going to create the best vibe there. And we're going to create that social community where people can come together and just feel a sense of belonging through movements mm -hmm. so i am trying to kind of like innovate group fitness itself right where it's still like the same but like i'm kind of trying to change the term instead of saying like classes or group fitness i want to call it social movement because i see culture as literally a social movement where we're socially around people right and we're moving our body through boxing yoga strength and pilates but figuratively i see it as like we're a social movement that believes that social relationships and social interactions should be seen as one of the most important vital basic functions as a human that you need, right? Mm -hmm. Just like food and water. So the concept is, is really just about a sense of belonging and creating something special for people to feel a part of, part of something. So it's that it's more of like the community lifestyle kind of, yeah. kind of brand to me, but we just impact people through fitness, I right? Yeah. Does that make sense? Does that actually make sense when together. I say that? Yeah, you're coming to get together with people and you just happen to be boxing at the same time. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah. How did you come up with this idea? Because it's something that to me that's very unique. Yeah. I mean, well, so right, when you think of a business and what you wanna you gotta think of the problem you're trying to solve, right? Yeah. So I know that in the fitness industry, like here or anywhere really, like as a consumer like myself, like I don't boxing is my bread and butter. Like that's my main workout that I love to do, but I don't just do boxing right? Like I strength train or I also take days off. Like I recover or like, you know, I'm, I wouldn't say like I'm a yoga gal, but like I try, you know, try to kind of slow down. Um, and I myself can't afford a shit ton of different gym memberships, right? Like I would love to be able to go and do boxing, you know, work out at the Axiom, whatever. So the concept also is like, how cool would it be for, for one person to just have one membership and have access to different type of movements, right? So it's right. more inclusive and kind of setting you up to, you know, if there's a day where you're just dog tired, why don't you go do yoga instead of doing a strength class? Or right. why don't you, you know, go do Pilates where it's like no body, it's just body weight instead of, you know, going hard and doing boxing. Right. So I think it's just more of kind of like the problem seeing that people don't want to just do one thing. And I think it, gives people the opportunity to, to dabble into different things, right? Like 
Um, I, I have come across people that would never have thought to even try Pilates because they thought it was just this like trendy thing that just looks like really hard. They don't really know. Right. So they go after a boxing class like, you know, what? I'm going to I'm going to try Pilates tomorrow. And I think that's so cool because it's also allowing people to explore different facets of, of fitness that they never even thought that they could do, but they know that they have the opportunity an option to try it, right? Totally. So I think like business-wise, understanding that the problem was that there's no, to me, there really wasn't a place that you can go to that gives you these group fitness boutique experiences, right? right? Under one umbrella, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. So if someone hasn't come to your class, what can they expect? Yeah. Well, my my specific one, or just in general, any like of your classes at culture, yeah. any so any of social social movements, movements. social I movements, Luke. It, right? It's okay, I got it. You know, I'm going to convert everyone to really start yeah. saying that. So it's it's a work in progress, but um, yeah, I at culture, you know, we have boxing, which is we call it grind, strength training, which we call hustle, Pilates, which we call line, and then yoga is restore. So walking you through all different the four different types, boxing. It, the the social movement is more focused on there's half strength training portion and then there's a half completely just focused on boxing and um that class is is so it's a different beast because people will come in and never box before right but you're going to learn the fundamentals the technique and i think that's so important too and i say this as a as a as a female right learning how to protect yourself and, f- and just feel confident like yeah. not that anyone's going to go out there and try and start a fight but like you never know shit happens out maybe there maybe it will be you now right yeah. you know what i've been waiting for someone to test me <laughs> to be honest <laughs> um and then the other half uh we have these they're like robotic digital platforms hold on oh. i didn't say that right it's a platform that has digital weight. So it's super cool. And no one has like no one even knows about it out here. So I I brought it out I brought it here because I was like, oh, this will be really cool to introduce people to. And it it's this um this platform, right? And it, it you can go up to two hundred pounds of, of resistance, right? I don't think anyone actually goes up to two hundred, but it pretty much replaces like all different movements you can do in a gym. Right. You know, so it comes with all this different equipment. So we kind of program it to where you have half strength portion. Um, and then you have just dedicated time to focus on boxing and we do different drills and, and pad work. Um, that's our boxing class. And then our Pilates class, it's like Matt, Matt Pilates style where I invested in, into this um, product called a hero board. And it's like a moving exercise platform. Cool. Have you ever been to a like a Legree or a Pilates class before? I haven't done. No, Pilates I think before. you should try it because I think it'd be. I've heard it'd it's be, really good. For it'd me. Be, it's really cool. Yeah. And there's there's great studios out here that just focus on Legree and, and Pilates, and they're awesome. But um, so this 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 little board, it's literally like it's like this this big. You can't really see that, but whatever. Um, and it just moves, so we're able to kind of mimic those 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 movements in a in a smaller, more efficient way. Right. Um, and then obviously yoga. I can't really speak to that because I seriously, I'm so not our lead yoga coach, Claire. She's fucking awesome. But yoga is not, is not my thing. So I can't not really talk too much not about it. flexible. But you know, yoga, yeah, no, no. Same. I'm like, this, that's the, that's the basketball, that's man. The I'm just like, go, go, go. Like, I don't, yeah. I don't slow I don't down. Stretch. No. Yeah. No, no stretching. But we need to though. It's I, very, very The Achilles important. got me, you know. Yeah. We shouldn't yeah. talk about that. Yeah. But, um, and then our last class is hustle, which is a strength. And this is all just a dumbbell format so it's just you know low low impact low heart rate it's all about just feeling strong and Mm -hmm. literally strengthening your body through you know utilizing dumbbells so four different social movements to try they're all really fucking awesome and you actually need to come and try all of them you did boxing already but you did boxing yeah of course you did you're freaking boxing at heart 
It's, I love boxing. I know, man. You're freaking good at it, too. You're getting better watching yeah. videos. Yeah. It's one of those things that I've always had a little bit of a... Uh, just wanted to let off a little bit of steam. Right? Totally. And for me, boxing has always been that way to get that out. Yeah. So yeah. It's been helpful. Totally. So, obviously, there's a lot of really cool things going on in culture. And I think if I was to sum it up, it's... It's getting people together, social movements, yeah, and it's innovating in the fitness industry. Yes, yes, right? yeah. So what can we expect from culture moving forward? A lot of exciting things that I'm still trying to wrap my head around. Um, I think the most beautiful thing about culture so far is just seeing one of the support. And I mean, when I, you remember when I first released that video on my Instagram, like yeah. that thing fucking blew up. I was I like, know. what the hell? And it's that's how social media is crazy like that. But it's just been so cool to see a community excited about something new or something that, you know, that I that I built. And then like and then you add the team in it. Um, but moving forward, you know, the goal is, like I said, to impact as many people as possible. So that means that more partnership locations. So, you know, I, I call them partnership locations. So the first one we have is is at the district, which is this awesome, beautiful apartment um, community and where we do our classes in their clubhouse called The Point. And um but I do have other locations that I'm that I already am in the works with talking about. I mean, talking to them about having our social movements there. So um, future is just like fucking being everywhere, you know. Is it a multi-location dream? Yes. Yeah. More. I don't want to say. So in the in the warmer months, right? What's so exciting is that we can like do this stuff outside because that's what I love about the concept is that. I don't have to be tied down to one spot, mm-hmm. right? Like, and even at the district, like they have a green space out there. Like we can do yoga classes outside in the park or whatever, right. you know? So the the goal is to really just have these different, I want to call them like pop-up locations, pop-up events to where anybody who's a, who's a member has access to not only these di- four different movements, but now has access to exciting different locations right. or different events right like my grand opening that i had um we partnered with uh cold cowboy club with dr john and he led everybody through cold plunges and then um cold plunge cam is uh, another awesome guy he brought his sauna tents and it's just like doing doing things like that right because culture itself is it's not just a fitness brand right that's why i called it like culture the wellness collective because there's so many different things that that we can do and the term wellness means so, so many different things, at least to me, you know, Mm -hmm. I kind of, I kind of feel like, and tell me if you agree, like, I feel like fitness is shifting into wellness. It is. You know, like people really, really care about how they feel when they move their, when they move their body. It's not so much about just like fucking grind, 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 grind. Right. Like, um, so it's cool to add different, you know, the cold, cold cowboy club. Right. But again, the goal is to just, you know, you, you join as a member. It's kind of like you're joining a club. Right. Right. And you get to do all these fun events or these fun social movements and then you get to meet a bunch of people or you just get to feel like a part of a part of something. That's amazing. Yeah. Have you been able to start to, as you've gone on with these different social movements, mm-hmm. get some organic ideas of what can I do in the future? Has it been some of that just organic growth? Yeah. 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 Well, I mean. So with culture, I'm going to be completely honest. Yeah. I fucking woke up one morning and the idea just came to me. It came to you. It just came to me. Amazing. And, and I just, and then from there, yeah, I made the decision. Are you going to do something with it or you're not? And I just fucking sent it. Yeah. So this whole process, every day I'm learning something different or different ideas pop into my head or, you know, it's, and so it's like an evolving I feel like I I have the concept down, right? Like it's a social movement. It's not another workout. It's not another gym. 
you know, you have access to different, you know, with one membership, you have access to four different types of social movements and you have access to future locations and events. Um, but even today, I can show you my notes. Like I just wrote down so many different ideas that I have that is going to continue to build community and make people feel a part of something. So yeah. I think in, and you know, you're like an entrepreneur too. Like shit just happens and you just roll with it. Just roll with it. You know, but I think my biggest realization with doing this whole thing is that and I and I hope other people like listen to this and they're in the same situation that they want to like do something for themselves is that if you have an idea that keeps you up at night or you just can't stop thinking about or you're scared to fucking do it you should fucking send it yeah because yeah like there's I mean when I the days after that I had that idea I did not fucking sleep like I did not eat I did not sleep because I was so so fixated on this like doing this because I because it, it scared me so much and I was just like I could see the future with it like ever since I came with that idea my vision has always been clear for what I want to do right I just had to articulate it in the in the right way to market it the right way um but it, it kept me up at night you know and I think again going back to like being the type of person that quit yeah. my career that made me great money and kept me so stable it's the same thing with this is like I had I have this idea that I have to do and hopefully people vibe with it. But if they don't like, this is what I'm passionate about. Right. Let's zero in on that for a second. I think that's a super powerful concept of having an idea, but then taking it into action. Yes. Yeah. You obviously started culture and you have these other ideas that are going to make that better. Mm -hmm. How do you go from simply having the idea to the end result of actually making it into a reality. What are the steps or processes that you follow, Mm -hmm. whether it's a sounding board, bouncing it off people that are close to you, tinkering it with just yourself? Like what is your, what is your process? Well, I think again, when I first had the idea, I went straight to my computer and started just writing stuff out. You Mm -hmm. know, I think, you know, if we're going to get into like the business, the entrepreneur, like, okay, what's your vision? What's your, you know, your three-year plan, your five-year plan, your 10-year plan. So, you know, I did, I did all of, all of that kind of stuff, understanding like, you know, what's, what's the brand's why, what's the problem. Um, And then once I kind of solidified that and I saw, I was like, yeah, like I have something here. That's something that's different in this market. Um, And then you add your passion and your, your passion to that. But I think the most important thing, especially now that I'm still trying to work through is, is making sure that you take care of yourself too. Yeah. Right. Because it's just going to consume you. You know, like I said, when I had this idea and I went forward, I mean, I was, I was so stressed out. I was just, just like, I didn't eat, I didn't sleep. I didn't, um, you know, I still made time to like work out and stuff. But I think now that I'm, um, the steps are just like, make sure you're good. You know, you have this idea that you want to do so bad, but make sure you're doing the things that allow you to make this idea happen. Right. So, so the action is like understanding my non-negotiables to make, to make this happen is like, okay, this is, this is very basic. As long as I get to work out, (laughs) eat what I'm supposed to and sleep, right. That's going to fuel me and help me to continue this, this idea. Right. So it's like the easiest, easiest one. And then the next steps is just like you said earlier, bouncing it off of people that you're close to. You know, I talked to my family about it. Um, I need that sounded board, sounding board. Yeah. Is this a stupid idea? You know, and of course they're they're scared as shit. They're like, well, it sounds like you're gonna be investing some money that you don't have. And I was like, send it, get the credit cards out. We got bootstrap this thing. Yeah. Um, and then I like to. I'm super organized in the sense of like I write everything out, and that like that's why I said like my notes. You know, so I think like always having something that you can jot your ideas on, 
hopefully I get back to them. I don't know if you ex- experienced that. We're like, I'll write stuff down and then like, I'll forget that I wrote it. Yeah, I'll find <laughs> it later back. in my notes. Yeah, like, exactly. Wow, that's a great idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're like, hey, who did that? Um, but I think, you know, making sure you're good, taking care of yourself and then having people to talk to about it. Right. Right. And then making the decision. Do you lean on your team at Culture a lot to oh, do yeah. things for you now that you've spun it up, you've got everything in place? Are they able to run with a lot of it to take yeah. that burden off of you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the the team that we have they're they're so unmatched like I am so grateful for them and and this is another thing that adds on to culture is that you I'm a huge believer you are nothing without your people and and I've learned that just through my childhood and everything you are nothing without your support system you are nothing without your people and allowing yourself to be okay with that because that's another thing that I had to struggle with is that I know that I can do everything Mm -hmm. like I've I've seen it I'm capable of it I fucking did it so but you're stronger and you can, I know that I can impact more people when you have a solid team who also are passionate about the same things that you are. And, you know, all of them are great. There's a a 10 of them, 11, including myself, and they all focus on their different modalities. Right. So I have some that just focus on the boxing, some that just focus on Pilates, et cetera. And they all also have their own experience in the group fitness industry. So, you know, you, I pretty much feel like I hit the jackpot with them because they, not do they just have the experience, but the willing to continue to grow and the willing to to help to help me grow culture. Right. Because they're also, you know, I feel like when I first announced culture, like I was like the brand and then I introduced them. They're the brand. The members are the brand. We're all the, you know, we're all culture. So it feels really, really good to have a team of people that see the vision that you, that you want to create and also are just so good at what they do and they're so passionate about it. Like today, Actually, this whole week, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to take as many social movements from them as I can because, like, I love being around them. But also, like, it's so awesome because I learned from them, too. You know, so today, I, t- I did a back-to-back. We had our strength dumbbell class, and then we had our Pilates class, like, six and seven. And uh, it was Coach Juan and Coach Nina. And they're just two different, you know, two, literally, they're man and female. But they're so different in personality and it's just so freaking cool to watch and then watching them impact people and how they interact with people. So fucking awesome. It's amazing. Yeah. And then, you know, I have, um, one of our assistants who helps like set up classics. That's the hard thing about this concept too, is right. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not just a brick and mortar. A lot mortar. of logistics, right? A lot of little, so many fucking logistics, yeah. Luke. So many, <laughs> but in the best, this is great. Um, <laughs> I'm like that. What's that emoji? Not emoji. Um, that, uh, that dog that's like on fire and he's like, it's fine. It's fine. You don't have yeah, that just picture. Drinking some coffee. Yeah, no, literally that's like, that's sometimes how I feel about like all the logistics and working through that. But we have assistants that help us set up, set up the classes. So, you know, I, I've been able to have people to trust and lean on in this whole process too. And that's, that's what's also helped culture as well. You know, like yeah. I said, you're nothing, you are nothing without your people, without your team. And if you're someone that doesn't realize that, like you'll learn real fucking quick. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So as you look to the future of this culture of yeah. wellness collective, obviously you've been through a lot in terms yeah. of building your mindset, getting mm-hmm. through tough times, mental health struggles. How does this community help to lean into folks and give them some of those outlets and support just overall wellness? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, if we just talk about like literally moving your body, like it's one of the healthiest things you can do can do for yourself, you know. So you have the the physical aspect of it, which is gonna be fun. Right. And then you have the community and being around people like whether they're like minded or not, all different sorts of people that you get to connect with. So I think the mentality and the philosophy for these people is just that 
you get that sense of belonging and you're doing it in a way that's going to want to create community, make you feel good, but also do good for you, mm-hmm. both physically and mentally. Does that make sense? It does. Yeah. yeah. So obviously you've you've done a lot here to spin up spin up culture of the wellness collective, right? Yeah. It's a huge part of the community now. You're a month in. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. As you reflect on it, what have you learned most about business itself, mm. right? You said you bootstrapped some mm-hmm. of the funding here through credit cards. <laughs> All of it. <laughs> what is that what has that been to you and and what have you learned about it? Shit. <laughs> so much, Luke. Yeah. I mean, there are I mean, there's so many different aspects to being an entrepreneur and owning a business. Like, I mean, I'm in the, you know, I have this awesome, awesome team and, you know, they focus on on running the social movements and setting up the classes. But there's so much that goes into keeping this going or moving forward. Right. right. Um, and I think if we get super businessy, you know, you got all the hats, you know, you got accounting, social media, marketing, sales, like all these different all these different things. So. I think I'm still in the process of learning how to organize all of that, right? Mm-hmm. And looking into, because you can't do everything, right? Right. Like I literally tell myself that all the time. You can't fucking do everything. So I think the biggest thing is like like financially, like what whatever you're investing into has got to bring you some return, right. return back, right? Like you, I'm sure there's so many small business owners or entrepreneurs out there that just keep continuing to bootstrap and just to stay afloat. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like figuring out, OK, I have this aw- awesome concept. How do I um, create it or scale it so that it's able to run and, and continue to f- to fuel the business? Right. right. Because I don't want to be in the position where I'm just like covering covering costs. Right. Does that make sense? So like yeah. we're talking like super business. You know, I think that's like that's a hard thing to do. Does the model that you've built support that at some point where you can get to the place where yes. you're scaling? Yeah, yeah, it will. It yeah. will. I think. Because in the beginning, like I said, a bootstrap, like I'm not kidding. I literally how culture started was me opening a shit ton of credit cards. So my credit, my credit score is real nice right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, you know, I, I chose to invest in certain equipment and, you know, because I also, you know, I'm a gal that likes Lululemon. I'm a gal that likes, the, you know, the nicer things in life. So the equipment that I got. Super, super nice, super, super expensive it too, is nice. right? Yeah. But um, so you know that's kind of what I spent majority of the money on. So then we just have to make that back, and then once, hopefully, once that's all paid off, then we just kind of go, you know. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Along this journey, you also became a Lulu Lemon ambassador. Yes. How did that happen? Because that was before culture. Yeah, was even yeah, a yeah, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. Talk to um, me about that. Man, I freaking this being being a Lulu Lemon ambassador. So one, um. Obviously, Lululemon's nationwide, right? So each each store has, I think they say, it, three three ambassadors: uh, train, sweat, and yoga. Oh, you know what? I probably butchered that. I just know I'm the train ambassador. Um, but it's a huge accomplishment for me in that industry because, I mean, Lululemon is it's fucking Lululemon yeah, one, right? Big time. Um, and for me personally, like I've been in love with Lululemon since I was in high school. So now to represent the brand and that store just means, means so much to me. And, and really what it is, it's like a partnership with, with the local lemon team um, that you represent their store. You're involved in the community, right? So they, I think they, they look for people that impact the community and do something through these different movements. That's in line with kind of what, right. What Lululemon is. Right. Um, yeah. So it's just, I mean, it's so it's, it's crazy. Like literally I can't even, I go into the store and your picture's up there. 
you know, like it just blows my mind every single time like that, that I accomplished that. And I get to team up with, with Lululemon to make an impact in my community, right. you know? So, but how that happened was just my years of in the industry and, and um, impacting people and connecting with people. And, you know, like I've, I've trained thousands of people and once you do that, you're kind of just in this position where like people in the fitness industry, they, you know, you know each other. Like I, I know like so many different coaches and so many different members at different places, like, and, and Boise small like that too. Right. So just kind of, I think how it happened is just, you know, me, me coaching, me being in involved in the, just in the community, like even going out. Cause the cool thing about Lululemon is like, you don't have to be a coach to be an ambassador. Right. Like they just look for people who are in line with their their visions and their goal and like Lululemon's super inclusive you know they they care about impacting communities um and I think that's just kind of what they look for when when they have someone represent the brand so I mean I'm so lucky to even have that honor it's amazing yeah it's so fun so Lululemon business owner yeah coach you're wearing all these different hats yeah now that you've done all these things Mm -hmm. where do you still find yourself being the most at home is it owning your own business is that your new passion is it yeah you know what I still love doing some coaching so mm-hmm. I'm gonna lead some coaching where do you yeah, see yeah. yourself as an individual fitting into your long-term vision of where you're going you know what actually I love this question because I've been actually thinking about this just in this past like couple weeks because it's shifting for me right where I'm so used to just coaching or just you know kind of leading a team or whatever but now I think I'm, I'm really realizing like I have such a passion for being like an entrepreneur and, and learning about what it takes to keep, you know, run, run a business. And that's been super fun for me and super challenging and really stressful, but I'm finding like the passion is kind of shifting. I mean, I'm always going to be a coach no matter what. And everything that I do, I consider like, if anyone were to ask me like, who are you? I'm a coach. Like, that's kind of what I feel like, but I don't coach as many social movements, you know, like, um, I run, you know, our grind classes, our grind social movements. (laughs) Um, but it's more about training the team and leading them so that we can all impact, you know, people. It's not just me anymore. Right. You're coaching the coaches now. Exactly. That's your new role. Yes. Yeah. Coaching the coaches and coaching culture. (laughs) Yeah. Culture is the baby. As you, as you started this business, are there mentors that you've leaned on or has it mostly been just going out and doing your own research and kind of doing it on your own? You know, I think honestly it's been, I wouldn't say like I have one mentor. I'm actually like looking for like business coaching, honestly. Yeah. Um, so I've been doing a lot of research into looking into different like entrepreneur groups because, and I've heard this before, but, and I've seen it um, in these different like groups that they have, but like entrepreneurship's really lonely. Like, I don't think people really understand what it takes to be a small business owner, be a business owner in general. It's a lot. You know, it's like, it's, I mean, I, I'm literally working every single second of the day. Like I don't stop at all because everything's affected, you know, social media, people messaging you, your team texting you, or like these ideas coming to your head. Like, I don't think people understand what it takes to be in that position to run, run a business. Right. So I, I think I'm just like kind of learning as, as I go. And I think the main thing is like, I have such an awesome support system with like my, my friend groups. And then like now my family, you know, we have, we've, we've healed our, our relationship. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, but it's also a lot of research. Like I'm not kidding. Like earlier you said you fake it till you make it. Like yeah. uh, you figure it fuck you figure it the fuck out. Yeah. You know, like there's the other day I was talking to um my tax accountant and 
I sent him my own version of a of a PL and he kind of just was like, Oh, oh Tina. <laughs> Your version of a PL. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you put that. <laughs> it was definitely my version. I went on Google Sheets and I just I was like, here's yeah, what I think it yeah. should be. But um, you know, then you learn from that. Now I know exactly how the PL should be. But you wouldn't know unless you went through it. Exactly. Right? Yeah. So as you look at the at the business and you reflect, what would you say to people who are out there thinking about doing something like you, right? Taking mm-hmm. the plunge. What would your advice be to them? Well, business-wise, I think, like, if you have an idea, right, and the idea is what starts something. Um, But I think it's, you know, really, like, understanding your own why and your own passions and and what you want to do, right? I feel like people talk about that all the time, like, what's your why? But it's it's so important because that's what fuels you every single day. Like, even when I coach people, like, when, when they don't want to do any more burpees, I link it back to why the fuck they're in here in the first place. And that's always what's going to motivate you. So I think if you're somebody that maybe is feeling lost and wants to do something like this, like it's really sitting down and just writing shit out and understanding like, why are you here? Yeah. You know? And, um, I heard somebody, somebody say this and this, I think this is more just kind of like, like personal. And this is kind of, um, a quote that I, that I live by, especially now is that I'm, I'm not, I'm not better than anybody, but nobody's better than me. I like that. What, what, I'm curious. When you hear me say that, what, what does that mean to you? There's no ego, but yeah. I know that if I'm faced with any challenge, I can overcome it. Hell yeah. Yeah, and, I, and that resonates with me with so much because, you know, and I've struggled with this too. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty confident person, and it took me a while to get to, the, to this point to where, like, sometimes my ego gets the best of me, yeah. right? And, and, you know, like... I could totally walk in and be like, yeah, I'm better than anybody in here, but that's not the type of person that I want to be or I feel like I am. But at the same time, I also know that nobody is better at me than, than what I do. Right. Right. No one's better than me. So in the sense of like, I can see that even with, with culture, cause it's like a community thing, right. Or, or just myself or, or how I um, lead people, mm-hmm. getting them to understand that like, or me, nobody, you are not better than anybody because you are nothing without your people, right? Right. How you treat people is so important or how you view people is so important because it's a, it's an authentic authenticity thing, mm-hmm. right? Like you could, I think people are, people aren't stupid. You yeah. know, they can, they can read into if you're being inauthentic or not. Right? right. So it's understanding like, yeah, you know, you're not better than anybody. You're here to support people. Right. Yeah. And then on the flip side, you got to have that confidence and know that nobody is better than you, right? right? Like I know that nobody works harder than I do. Right. And yeah. You only get there by doing it, doing the proof, right? Stacking yep. the proof. And I think it's, it's as a coach, it's a balance. Like you said, you have to have the confidence mm-hmm. that, you know, I've been through some of the things that people I'm coaching yep. are experiencing right now. Yeah. But also I am not so far removed from that struggle that I can't relate to them. Exactly. And help get them through it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why we went on that, but, oh, you were asking me um, if I were to give advice, yeah, right, to somebody. Any other advice for people that are looking to start their own business, take that plunge? I was talking to um, one of my friends, now Taryn, when I was on her podcast, and, and I was telling her, I was like, if you're someone that has an idea that really feels like it's going to take off and it keeps you up at night, fucking send it. <laughs> Just yeah. figure it out and do it. Research, talk to people who are in the industry, um, 
and live your fucking passion because at the end of the day, it's it's your life. Yeah, and you only know if you go through it, right? Exactly. You never want to have those regrets looking back. Totally. I love it. So I want to pivot to our last section here, rapid fire questions. Oh, shit. You ready? Okay. All right, first, one item you can't live without at wow. the gym. At the gym? Yep. Right now, the Stairmaster. You're Stairmaster queen. I am a Stairmaster queen. I'm actually... <laughs> I'm thinking of Julia because I'm doing I'm doing my own challenge right now that yeah. I'm doing the stairmaster for 30 minutes every single day for 30 days. Wow. Hell yeah. What Fucking got you on it. that? Honestly, one day you just saw it and said 30 days, you and me. <laughs> I looked at stairmaster, <laughs> we're going on date. No, um because I've also had to kind of I don't work out as hard as I used to. Okay. Cuz when I can't anymore, cuz when I just we're getting with, old. Yeah, we well, when we're getting old and just like the Too schedule's time, different. Man. I don't have 2 hours to be in the gym anymore. Sure. Um so and I've kind of also like scaled back on how hard I push myself mm-hmm. in a different way. Um like I'll still like go to the gym and like lift really really heavy or whatever, but I don't I used to do so much fucking cardio. So much cardio, mm. like high intensity cardio. Right. And that's just not for me anymore. Right. I get that enough in boxing if I if I get to train. Um, so the Stairmaster is something that, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, I'm going to keep that in for the bloopers. <laughs> Holy shit. That just came out. <laughs> shit. Anyways, okay. Stairmaster yeah, reaction. This, wow. <laughs> the Stairmaster, it's something that, like, gets my heart rate enough. And it's also just working the booty. And there the legs. Is. Let's just be honest. There's the honesty. There's the honest answer. It took us about five you know, minutes to get to that. We're yeah. not going to be inauthentic here. <laughs> Who doesn't want a nice sculpted ass and some nice legs? And I feel like, you know what? The Stairmaster is going to be the thing to do it. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Love it. All right. Next. Favorite cheat meal? <sighs> Popcorn. <laughs> Popcorn? What the hell? Like kettle corn? Cheese? Cheese pops? No, what are we talking about? <laughs> so I have ADHD, right? Like hi- yeah. I hyper fixate on yeah. foods. Like the main, the the I'm not gonna say the bad one because popcorn's not bad. It's it's fucking it's an amazing snack. But um, I tend to eat, that has been my guilty. Like over the throughout December, popcorn has been. So you're just eating popcorn, looking over your shoulder, like who's watching me right now? Dude, I've been so much popcorn. Wow. Yeah. If popcorn's your cheat meal, there's something wrong. There, there is something wrong. Wow. Well, you know what? I wish I could have said like, oh, like freaking Chick-fil-A, but I'm not even like a, I'm a snack girl. Mm-hmm. I'm a snack girl. Do you know what true fruit is? No. Luke, I will buy you some true fruit. Is it a popcorn? No. <laughs> <laughs> true fruit is the best dessert that you'll ever have in your fucking life. Mm. Let me tell you why. It's fruit. <laughs> it's frozen fruit. <laughs> Covered in chocolate, mm. and it's 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 the fucking best. Just like bite size, or like dude, a... it's bite size. Like they have banana, um, raspberries are the best ones, and then strawberry. So the one that I love, and they have it at Costco. If you want to go and get it in the big in the big size, it's dark chocolate and a little bit of white chocolate under the dark chocolate, and then fresh raspberry. But of course, it's like frozen. It does sound good. It's so fucking good. So popcorn and trufu. There it is. That makes it a little cooler because I added trufu. First thing you do when you wake up? Look at my dog. It's just he, she? Fletcher, he's a boy. He's just staring at you? I just waiting him. for you to get up? No, I'm staring at him. He's snooing. He's because snoozing. he's the fucking cutest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> no. Yeah, Um, I think, to be honest, I get my phone. Yeah. I didn't want to admit that. 
but I definitely grab my phone is the first thing I'm working on that. Is it because of business? You're focusing on like, what, did I, what yes. do I need to do right now? Or yes. Emails I'm missing. Emails, just social media. Yeah. yeah. Like checking how many people are, are in the social movement. Yeah. So I'm just trying to work on, honestly, like I wish I could be that person right now that just wakes up and like meditates or like journals or actually what I want to start doing is waking straight up. Don't touch my phone and go make a boiling water. I said that really weird. But I heard hot water or warm water first thing in the morning with some like lemon and salt. Mm. It's really good for your digestive, get things going. Nice. I've been doing a warm chocolate uh, element. Element. Those are the good. salts? Yeah, element. So fucking good. So good. They're so good. The chocolate ones are pretty good. I haven't tried the chocolate water. ones. Okay. That's different. I'm a big fan of the watermelon one. Check it out. Yeah. yeah. I will. All right. Is there a book that has impacted your wellness philosophies mm. or business philosophies? Okay, so I'm going to go with business. I'm more of a um, a podcast type of gal. Okay. My ADHD doesn't allow me to, to I can't focus on the book. Um, Audible podcast. Audible, yeah, but for business-wise, Traction, um, the Entrepreneurial System, EO. Yep. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. I haven't yeah, read it. It's a great, I should let you borrow it. It's a. It's an awesome book, and it's helped me so much just organize the structure of business because it goes through, like, your vision, traction, um, your three-year, five-year, ten-year plan. Use that to build out your vision for culture. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Funniest or most embarrassing gym story? Gym story. Can I tell you the most embarrassing thing that I've ever done? Yeah. I can't believe I just even put myself in this position to just, okay, uh, in class, like in college, Yeah. I peed my pants. Wow. I'm just going to put it out there. Just because, or no. like in a test? <laughs> no, I'm just gonna let I'm gonna let you wonder oh, yeah. how the situation happened. No, so I was. <laughs> this was back in California. Um, it was our anatomy class, and I was, I was on a huge kick of drinking like gallons of water a day. Well, that's a lot. Like a gallon a, a day, that's a yeah. lot. Just shit ton of water. Yeah. And uh, we were in our in our final, so we're taking. Um, you know, you have the two courses: the didactic and then the the lab. And, you know, these tests are like six hours long. So I already had finished the didactic portion of going, walking towards the lab. And I was kind of thinking, like, you know, I should probably go to the bathroom. Like, it's probably a good time to do that because this is about to take another three hours. And I even chugged, what the fuck? I chugged more water. Wow. And then as, and I'm thinking about this, we're waiting in line to go into the classroom. And I'm, and I'm having these thoughts, okay, I should definitely go to the bathroom. And then, and then I was like, no, I'll be fine. Whatever, we'll push through it. And then as I'm like, no, no, fuck, I should go to the bathroom. My the teacher comes out. I was like, okay, everyone, go come inside. So I was like, oh, all right, fuck it, go and go and take the test. And <laughs> I'm just going along. You know, this test had how many questions? Like probably like 200. And halfway through, I start to feel my bladder like, okay, it's time to fucking go to the bathroom. But you can't leave. You can't leave your test right because it's timed, and then right. they lock the doors and all this shit. So I was just like, fuck, okay, we got to just keep going. So now I'm like struggling to even focus on the test because I have to pee so fucking bad. And I'm just moving along question by question. And then I get, I think I had maybe 15 questions left. And and I'm telling you, I am squeezing my legs so fucking tight. I've ne like, like you've never fucking seen, I am so just like, holy shit, I have to pee so bad. And yep, yeah, get to that question. And then cause there was so much water in there, I just couldn't, couldn't be held. And I just fucking started peeing. And... I remember like whole like how old was I? I had to be at least twenty. No, I think I was nine. No, 19. probably nineteen or twenty. Yeah, 
a fucking 19, 20 year old. Just Did anybody look at you or was just like, oh, that's just. Annoying. Well, the good thing was like everyone was so focused on their test that like no one was looking around. But I happened to look up and my friend made eye contact with me and saw me peeing. And then I ran out, obviously. So I was peeing. <laughs> wow. Fucking. It's pretty embarrassing, Luke. I can't believe I'm honestly just telling people this. But yeah. So I ran out, went to the bathroom. And at first I just I I could not stop laughing because I was like, I cannot believe I just. A 19-year-old just pissed her pants Did you get test. an A? That's the key. Here's the crazy thing. After I had experienced that, I went back into the classroom, jeans wet and all. Didn't give a fuck. And my teacher was like, are you good? Are you okay? And I was like, I'm going to be honest. I just peed my pants, and that's why I left. Can I please continue to finish the test? And he didn't know what to say because who, who pees their pants at that age? Yeah. Sober. <laughs> <laughs> and he let me and then he sent me an email after grading and i and i got the best score in the fucking class hell yeah hell yeah you so the moral of that story the point of that story was pee your pants in your class get some bonus points mm -hmm. there we go <laughs> young kids listen up <laughs> <laughs> all right any health trends that are happening now that you don't believe in mm. Mm -mm -mm -mm. No, I don't think I actually can think of something that, yeah, no, I don't. I think the, I'll say the coolest and the best trend I think right now is the cold plunge in the saunas. Yeah. I'm all for it. You cold plunging yourself? No, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> At our grand I opening. I love watching people cold I plunge. I love watching, no, but I have done it before, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and I, and it, it is something that I am going to get into it because especially after the event we just had, like mm -hmm. hearing Dr. John and cold plunge can like talk about the benefits of it. And of course, you know, your own research and it's all over, you know, it's sure. blowing up right now. And I think it is really beneficial to just incorporate because I think it's like a mental thing. It is. You know? I've noticed the biggest change yeah, you is do it. mental yeah. toughness, right? Yeah. When you don't do it, you're like, dang. But if you do, it's like, man, I can accomplish anything today. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's been a huge part for me over the last month just getting into it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Last one here. If you could have any superpower, oh, what shit. would it be? Probably to fly. Cause that's fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? That's uh, yeah. I think actually, you know, flying. Cause then you can just go wherever. Like sure. I was gonna say teleport, but like I would love to experience like woof. Yeah, teleportation's like the equivalent of the culture of wanting things right now. Yeah. Whereas like we want to experience. The yeah, yeah, I love that. There it is. That's yeah. That's why I said that. <laughs> What's your superpower? Mm, that's a good one. Um, I think super speed. You want to be the Flash? Yeah. Why can't I see you being the Flash? I, I've always had a certain level of speed. I think yeah. now after my Achilles injury, I'm kind of yeah. slow. Yeah. I'm running on the treadmill now, and yeah, I'm yeah. like, man, I'm so fast. And I look, I, I video myself to say, like, am I going you're, fast? You're and I look like a foot. turtle. Yeah. What uh, in football? What position did you play? I was a receiver. Okay. I ran a pretty fast. fast forty, like a four four. Yeah which is pretty, pretty fast. Huh. But uh, I was just, I was just not, I was burned out at the end of college. Yeah, I'm sure. And so I didn't keep playing, but I probably yeah. could have if I would have tried harder. Yeah. So. You're the Flash now. I'm the Flash. I'm just going to put you in my phone and contact the Flash. <laughs> well, as we wrap up today, are there any final thoughts about anything you're doing related to culture? Mm -hmm. Anything that you want anyone to know about your journey? Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts here? I mean, I think like to, to wrap it all up, I mean, we talked about a lot of different things and covered a lot of, there's a lot of different facets we went, we went down, but I think business wise, like if you're someone who is an entrepreneur, you have that like motivation, you have these ideas, like just 
just fucking risk, risk it, you know, um, because it's your life. You know, no one's going to tell you no. Be stubborn. Um, And I think if there's like anyone young that's like listening to this, don't be scared to do the things that you want to do. Right. Like think about what makes you happy in this current state that you're in and just continue doing it. Um, And then I think I love like just talking about that quote that I said, like you're you're not better than anybody, but nobody's better than you. You you are not better than anybody in the sense of like your people are so important. It's OK to lean on people. It's OK to have a support system because um, at the end of the day, you're going to bring yourself out. And you should not act like you are better than anybody because you don't know who's going to be in the room. And you should also want to learn from everybody and anybody, right? right? No matter what it is, there's always something to take away. And on the flip side of that is have the confidence in yourself and push yourself past boundaries that knowing that nobody's better than you at, than you at what you do. Love it. Right? Yep. Yeah. I appreciate you being open and honest today and look forward to doing this again in the future. Luke, this was so fantastic. Also, Luke has the best podcast voice mic voice ever so if anyone out there is listening somebody should hire him for like a audible book or something let's do it, You're here first. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but thank you for having me this was awesome I'm glad yeah. we did this thanks again